Welcome to the Urban Hope Podcast. Today's sermon is called, There is a Time to Worship and a Time to Trust in the Lord, from Acts 16, verses 25 through 34, from Pastor Alton Hardy. Well, before I have you stand, I just want to make a short announcement. Um, Y'all know Urban Hope Development, right down the street. We're still there, still do work. And um, C.J. Donald, I've been saying she's a Donaldson and C.J. Donald. And so you hope success is restarting, should I say it's not restarting, um, looking for tutors. We have some from other partner churches, but we would like to have some from Urban Hope as well. And so if you've got time in your schedule to work with some middle school kids that we're trying to impact and see the gospel transform not only them, but also their, their moms, their grandmoms, and their dads, please go up to Sister Sandy, Sandy, raise your hand and say, hey, I would like to sign up for that and talk to her about that. But for the rest of us, let's all stand to our feet. We're going to be reading, kicking off from Acts chapter um, 16 in verse 25 to verse 34, ESV, page 1100. You will need your pew Bible unless you just really know your Bible. If not, um, you can use your iPhone or whatever it is. Uh, I bought another Samsung after my eyes got ran over. Guy tried to sell me an iPhone. I said, man, you must be able to know who I am. <laughs> not, I said, don't dare bring up Apple. I said, I am not Brother Dion. <laughs> Guy said, tried to sell me an iPhone. I went, I'm like a vampire. Get that thing away from me. So here we go. Acts 16, verse 25 to 34. Here it is. It says, and about midnight... Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open. And everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for the lights and rushed in, and trembling with the fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and said, Sirs, What must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night. And I love this. And washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all his family. And then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. The grass withers and the flowers fade. You may be seated. Today's sermon will be somewhat of a testimonial. 
that has come out of my life, much experience with God. You will hear that. In the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, you don't have to go there, I'm going to read it to you. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, it says, For everything there is a season, and there's a time for every matter under heaven. I call this sermon, There's a Time to Worship. And there is a time to trust in the Lord. Um, Ecclesiastes goes on to say in verse 2, he says, There's a time to be born and there's a time to die. There's a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. There's a time to kill and a time to heal and a time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep. There are weeping seasons in your life. But there's a time where you will laugh and rejoice. There's a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Now, I don't want to embrace right now. Give me, give me some time. <laughs> there's a time to seek and a time to lose. There's a time to keep and a time to cast away. There's a time to tear and a time to sow. And a time to keep silence and a time to speak up. And there's a time to love. And there's a time to hate. And a time for war. And the writer says there's a time for peace. I would say to you guys this morning, to this young church here at Urban Hope Community Church, Gen Z's, millennials, and all those of you, X's and baby boomers. There will be seasons in your life, you need to prepare for this, where your faith and what you really believe about God, because when we sing here corporately together, God can see all of us. He knows us. But there will come times in your life and seasons where your faith and what you really believe about God, your deepest thoughts about him, they will be tested. And all you can do in those seasons of life, hopefully by the grace of God, is worship and trust in the Lord. This is a special kind of worship that I'm referring to here in my sermon today. It's not your typical Lord's Day gathering of worship where you and I are gathered together with all the saints. But this is the kind of worship that is called upon to be offered in the season of life when afflictions are the fiercest. And the waves and the winds are, are blowing up against you. And troubles of many, heartaches and pains and brokenness and great sufferings abounds. It's this kind of worship and trust that we would see here in a few minutes that our brother Job 
Not Job in the back with Shelby, not that Job. That's the knockoff Job. I'm talking about the Job of the Bible. But that's a true Job, but he ain't the Job of the Bible. That he offer up when everything could go wrong in his life did go wrong. So turn with me to page 491 in your Bible, if you have the Pew Bible. 491, Job chapter 1. Um, I want you to see this about Job because the title of the sermon today, True Worship. It's time of worship, and it's a time to trust in the Lord. I'm going to move through this real quickly. Page 491, you see it. Job here. He said, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and the man was blameless and upright. And he was one who feared God and turned away from evil. And there was born to him seven sons and three daughters. He had a lot of possessions. And it says in verse 6, jump down, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, Slewfoot, where have you come? And Satan answered to the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him on the earth. He's blameless and upright. He fears me, he fears God, and he turns away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, he said, does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him? I've been walking up and down, Lord knowing, and I see I can't get in there. I can't touch him. I can't get past all of those myriad of angels that been camping about around that home. That's what Job, that's what Satan is saying. He said, have you put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has, his possessions on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, everything he touches, and his possessions have increased in the land. Here's what Satan says. He said, but stretch out your hand, I dare you, and touch all that he has. And I'm telling you, God, he will curse you to your face. Touch him. Let me get near him. See if he comes to church. See if he, he or she still lift up their hands in the sanctuary. That's what Satan is saying. And the story goes on. Verse 13, now there was a day when the sons and daughters were casting, were eating and drinking wine with their oldest brother's house. And there came a message to Job and said, man, the oxen were plowing, the donkeys were feeding beside, and the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them and struck them down. Killed them all. Verse 16, and while he was yet speaking, there came another and said, the fire of God fell from heaven, tornado. And burn up the sheep and the servants and consume them. And the guy said, I alone have escaped. The Chaldeans formed three groups and made a raid on the camels and took them. Struck the servants with the edge of the sword. Killed all his servants 
took the camels, and the guy said, I alone escaped to tell you. Verse 18, and while he was yet speaking, there came another said, your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. Now he's getting to his children. And behold, a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young people and Job, and they are all dead. I alone have escaped to tell you. Verse 20. Then Job arose, he tore his robe, shaved his head, and fell on the ground and worship. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. And blessed be the name of the Lord in all this. Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. But Satan was not done. He said, all right, he fell down, killed his children, took all his land, took his car, took his house, took all of his servants. But I'm telling you, that's one that if you do it, God, he's going to curse you to your face. In chapter 2, it says that there again was a day where the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, from where have you come? Satan answered, the Lord said, from going to and fro on the earth. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? That there's none like him on the earth, blameless and upright, who fears me and turns away from evil. He still holds fast his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without reason. Verse 4, when Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin, all that a man has he will give for his life. Verse 5, but stretch out your hand and touch his bone and his flesh, touch his body. Let a, a sickness come upon him or her. Incurable sickness, one that the doctors can't fix, not on this earth. I'm telling you, God, and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, behold, it is in your hand, only spare his life. Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with loathing sores in the sore, sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took a piece of broken pottery with which to scrape himself with as he sat in the ashes. And then his wife said to him, do you still hold fast your integrity? Come on, man. Curse God. And die like a man. It's enough is enough. Come on, Job. Wake up. Give up. <laughs> but he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God? And shall we not receive 
good from God, and shall we not receive evil? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. One of the most greatest quotes from the book of Job is from Job 13, 15. You don't have to go there. I'm going to read it to you. You hear me pray it a lot. You should memorize it. Though he slay me, though he knock me down to the ground, to the last compound, yet would I trust in him. Yet I will look to the hills which cometh my help, Job says. You can take my job, you can take my wife, you can take my children, whatever it may be. Yet will I trust in him, Job is saying. And I text here this morning, we see the disciples of Jesus, the missionaries, now all the way in Europe. We know that they started out in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and now they're in Philippi which Luke says is the leading city in the district of Macedonia. And we know that Jesus told his followers, all of us that seek to follow Jesus, that persecutions and afflictions will come for the sake of his name. And Paul said in Acts 14.22, that through many tribulations, Paul says, we must enter the kingdom of God, Paul says. That through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Last week, as they were in Philippi preaching, it says in verse 21, of Acts 16, in your Bible, page 1100, it says that the people says about the Christians or the Jews, he says, if they advocate customs that are not lawful for us Romans to accept or practice. We don't know where y'all come from, but over here, uh, we don't hold to that traditional view of marriage. We marriage who we want, when we want, and how we want it. <laughs> so you bring in this, this message from heaven, well, we here in Philippi, the Romans, uh, we're not down with it. <laughs> we believe over here in Philippi that we should be able to have sex with children. So the, the people says they advocate customs that are not lawful for us Romans. We Romans, we don't do that. We do what we want. Jay-Z world, whatever thou will, thou can do. And then the verse 22 says, the crowd of the people join in attacking them. Uh-oh, persecutions. And the magistrates tore their garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. 
when they had inflicted many blows upon them, Dr. Luke says that they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. This word or phrase, um, to beat with rods, it means to hit with a long, stiff stick. You ever been hit with a stick? Two by four? Boom! <laughs> Bro, <that's laughs> if you don't believe in Jesus at that point, man, you, some of y'all like to carry, carry them hammers, so then what they call them heaters. If, I don't know if Paul decided that they would have had one. They was like, did they just hit me with a rod? I can see Silas, man. Click, click. <laughs> To hit with a long, stiff sticks. It was done by a strong Roman soldier who delivered the whipping. A man trained in how to most intensively inflict pain. Word of God says they were beaten with rods, sticks. Paul had been beaten before, but by Jews. The Jews would use a scourge, which is made of three lashes or leather or a cord. It's not a staff. It's not a stick. It's leather cords. And the Jews had laws around their punishment. You couldn't do it more than 40 times. You see that in Deuteronomy chapter 25, verses 1 through 3. The Jews said, well, you can only hit a guy so many times. 39 times minus one. Can't go beyond 40. But not with them Romans. They didn't hold to the Hebrew Bible. They didn't hold to the law of God. To the Romans, the Romans would beat a man until many of them died. And history indicates that many did die from these Roman beatings, being hit with rods and sticks. And what we see here in the text, that Paul and Silas was beating with rods and with sticks. They were bruised. And then the word of God says, and they were thrown into prison for the sake of the gospel. All right, now you have the background. Just gotten beaten more than 40 times. Paul's got knots upside his head. Silas got knots on his head. Back is beaten and bruised. And then he just threw him into prison. Now, I want you to imagine that's you. You're just trying to do the gospel at Miles College, and they pull you in and jump you on, on a homecoming week. Get out of here with that gospel. <laughs> Let us do our freaky dancing. <laughs> they beat you up at the high school. Send you home, battered and bruised. What will you do? Well, let's turn our attention to the text. It says, in about midnight, something about midnight. Um, I'm from the Generation X. We invented hip hop. Um, there was a group called Houdini, had a song called The Freaks Come Out at Night. 
I love the song. He says, discos don't open till after dark. And it ain't till 12 till the party really starts. <laughs> I, I was there. I didn't never go at no 9 o'clock. That's too early. You go at midnight. <laughs> Freaks come out. Party really starts. But the word of God said that Paul and Silas didn't pray to the idols of their times. Says they started praying and singing hymns. That's why I mean, me and Bree must have just been God. You know, I, I just send it, you know, the title and, and they just chose hymns. I mean, perfect timing. Because you better learn them hymns. <laughs> Some of y'all got that little cray. I'm telling you, when you when you got that storm blowing up against you, I'm telling you, it's not gonna be those beats gonna get you through. You better learn great is thy faithfulness. You better learn how to lift up your hands in the middle of the night and say, How great thou art. <laughs> boom, 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 thump. I'm telling you, thump not gonna get you through. <laughs> Some of that new age stuff out there, they said they were singing hymns. They went in there just singing, oh, give me a beat. <laughs> give me a beat, Silas. <laughs> so they were singing hymns. And they were praying. They were not praying to the idols of their times. They didn't start singing the empty worldly songs of their day like we do. Houdini in my day. Today for y'all, Sexy Red and NBA Young Boys and the Taylor Swifts. That's not what they were singing. But Luke says that they started praying to the God of the universe and worshiping him with singing hymns. I can imagine Paul in that cell laying on his back and God, the I am that I am. And I hear Silas go, amen. You see the end from the beginning. Prisoners here listening in. God, we're in this city doing your will. I was trying to go on the Bithynia and, and Asia, but you stopped me and you forbidden me not to go that way. And later on that night, you gave me a vision. And I saw a man says, come over here and help me. And God, I came. And here I am in Philippi. And I'm in this jail cell. But I'm trusting in you. And then he started singing, oh, how great. <laughs> Thou art. And Silas is singing the same thing. How great thou art. Now this is important. I'm about to go into a transition of my life personally. Because some of y'all look at me now, but this is not how it always been. Because I can remember some time ago before my biography books were written about my life. Didn't know anything about that stuff was going to take place in my life. Before there was a church building that is nice with sounds and keyboards and drummers and, and, and all of the above. Staff director, youth director, 
deacons and elders, nursery workers, volunteers. Even at this time, I didn't even have a faithful, committed wife. Some of y'all don't know this, but I was so poor and so broke, I had duct tape on my glasses. I've always worn glasses, can't see. I pulled my glasses off. I don't know who's who. Some of y'all look really good when I pull my glasses off. <laughs> I don't know if that's Tim or, or, or Taiwan. I don't know who's over there. <laughs> but I had duct tape on my glasses. You can ask Satan when I'm walking around talking about Jesus, you would see this young man, skinny. I have duct tape on my temples because they're both broken. I have no money. I had an old Lincoln Continental and the car bags. They was calling them air bags underneath these cars. They were blown and, and I was driving around, didn't even know it. I was a low rider. The only problem was I couldn't lift it up. <laughs> and I could only go about 15 miles per hour. People blowing at me. Get out of the way. I can't go any faster. I got duct tape on my glasses, and I'm riding around grams with a low rider. I had no money, and I was abandoned. You think Satan didn't stand over me? Now cursing to his face. Curse him. He don't love you. Look at you. Homeless, wife didn't left you, you have no money, you're broke, you're a laughing stock, another man got your wife, curse him to his face. He doesn't love you, you're not his son. I told you he was fake. He's not going to help you or save you. Pastor Harder, what did you do? How did you get out of that? This is for any of this. Wasn't no staff, wasn't no youth director, wasn't no salary, wasn't none of that. Wasn't no preaching platforms. You know what I did? I could feel Satan standing over me and suicide was knocking up against me. You need to take your life. This is over. Brothers and sisters, all I could do in those moments of my life was to worship and trust in God in that season of life. Yeah, I don't have Bree's voice, and I worked at the park, but I had some keys that I could go into the um, into the park. There was a well, you can go in, there was bathrooms, showers and everything. I was kind of sleeping in my car, so I, I'd be out all the time in the night, so I was trying to figure it out. And I would go in there, and I would get on my knees, and I would just sing the songs that I was singing at the church where I was. And one of them I would sing was, We exalt thee, O God. For thou, O Lord, are high above all the earth, Thou art exalted afar above all gods. For thou, O Lord, are high above all the earth. 
you know the chorus. And I exalt thee. I don't know what's happening to me. I'm feeling like I'm all alone, but I'm on my knees. I'm in that bathroom, and I got my hands lifted up. And the only one can probably hear me is the angels in heaven and God himself. And I will cry with tears running down my face, and I will say, God, I exalt thee. I exalt you. I give you praise and honor. It's easy to worship God when the bills are paid and the wife is acting right and the children are healthy. But there will come moments and seasons in this life where troubles come. And what will you do in those moments? You fall and you worship. Though he slay me, yet would I praise him. Yet would I trust in him. I would do that. Seemed like it went on forever and forever. We're seeing these songs like a father feeds his children, like a shepherd leads his flock. The Lord will always guide us and show us where to walk. And in times where we have plenty and in times where we have not, he is our provider and his mercy never stops. And like a shepherd, he leads us. Like a father, he feeds us. From the morning to the evening to the sun rise again. Like a shepherd, he leads us. Like a father, he feeds us. And I love the, the back end of this song that was by integrity. And it would go, for he is the great I am. I would lift my hands up. You are the great I am. You're the great I am. You are the great I am. And Paul and Silas, they was praying and worshiping God in that jail cell in Philippi. They were praying and worshiping God, the God who had saved them, the God who had called them, who had set their feet on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And they were praying and worshiping God with hymns. They trusted in him and his great power. And then the word of God tells us that in verse 26, it says, after they were worshiping God and singing hymns to him, verse 26, and suddenly the God who is and was and is to come, the God who can do anything, and suddenly, while you're in your midst of your worship, and suddenly God invades in the midst of your worship. The I am that I am shows up. You're sitting in your worshiping for a season, and you're trusting in God, and now God shows up. The word of God said he showed up, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. Buildings start shaking so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bonds were unfastened. And when the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword. He said, I'm in trouble now. I know Caesar, man. These guys, these magistrates, they're going to kill me. And so the Bible says, and he saw that the prison doors were open. He drew his own sword and was about to commit suicide. 
supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But the guy who had been beaten with rods cried with a loud voice, says, do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for the lights, and he rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down. Could you imagine this scene? He fell down before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. What an amazing story. He took them that same hour in the night and washed their wounds and was baptized at once and all his family. And then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And they rejoiced with his entire household that he had believed in God. I want to give you a few takeaways from this story that I believe will strengthen you to trust in the Lord all the more here today. There are three of them. I want to encourage your heart here this morning that would encourage you to trust the Lord all the more that's deriving from this story that God has given to us in this holy word. The first takeaway. This is important in trusting in the Lord. When the storms are coming against you. Paul and Silas knew that they were in Philippi because God, not them, had called them there. When you know where you are is because of God, there is a confidence that grows in you as you pursue with all your heart the kingdom of God and his righteousness. When you know that you have not manipulated your way into Fairfield or into Urban Hope Community Church, that you've, you, if you're on staff, that you have not, it has not been because of your wit and your smartness, but God in his sovereign grace has called you to this. If you're an elder, you're a deacon, you're a member here, when you know that you're there by the grace of God, it gives you an unrelenting confidence. They were in prison in this jail not because they sought it out. Because they were pursuing the kingdom of God. And when you know where you're at is because of God. It brings a, a confidence to your heart. You don't have to, well, I don't know if I should be here. So when God called me to Fairfield, we, I, I knew. So storms came. People came against me, all kinds of stuff. But I knew that Sandra and I didn't sit down and write up a great plan to come to Fairfield. But that we were here by divine decree. And that gives an assurance, a stamina, a perseverance that God is with you even when the storms are coming against you. Do you believe that about your own life? 
This is why prayer, pursuit of God, asking God, God, am I in the right place at the right time doing the right thing? Or am I still searching and seeking for my own life? So they had trust in the Lord because they knew that they were in Philippi, not because of themselves, because of God who had called them there. Second takeaway. And this is an important one, which will lead to the third one. Please listen to me very well. You're not going to hear these kind of sermons on your podcast, your Mike Todd's and all the rest of them out there. They're not going to tell you this, what I'm about to tell you, but you need to hear this because it's all over your Bible. And this would increase your ability to trust in the Lord all the more. Paul and Silas, they expected afflictions and trials. Do you expect that? Because here's what you're being told. When they come, you've done something wrong. You're a bad person. Job didn't do anything bad. He was blameless and upright. You saw the background. Maybe it's in this moment where God's allowing these trials to come so that you can say, you know what? I, I see what you're trying to do, Satan. You're trying to see if I'm a fake or Christian. I only praise God when my check is in the bank. But I'm going to go to church today anyway, even though my check bounced. I'm still going to go worship God. Paul and Silas expected afflictions and trials. And they knew that God was sovereign over all of them. Hear me. There is no trial. There is no affliction. There is no pain. There is no heartache. There is no suffering. There is none of that that can happen in your life outside the sovereign hand of God. Job was out there minding his own business. Remember, Satan goes to him. He says, look, you got a hedge around them. You got all those angels around them. But I dare you, God, if you remove a few of those hedges and let me get at him, he's going to curse you to your face. You see the background of the story. Paul knew that story. Says he was beaten with rods. He's in that prison. He's thinking, I'm here. God's aware of me. He has the Holy Spirit. That's why they can just say, start singing. Great is thy faithfulness. I can hear them prisons like, what? They're in that singing worship unto the king of kings. We just beat the living daylights out of them. And they're in that singing how great thou art. It is well with my soul. I trust in the Lord. I lean not to my own understanding. Why? Paul and Silas expected trials and tribulations. Which leads me to my third takeaway. This is important. Oh, time got away. They expected trials and tribulations. Three, the third point. Because they saw them as an opportunity to demonstrate and display the great power and glory of God who saves, who delivers, who heals, who sanctifies, and who transforms whole families and communities. God likes it when your back's up against the wall. He likes it when people think, oh, Pastor Hardy, you're going to plant an urban church in the PCA. We'll see how long that lasts. One guy says at the Presbyterian, he said, you won't last six months. 
Look around. He said, many people say, you won't last. You can't do that in Birmingham. You can't do that in Fairfield. Fairfield's an abandoned city. It's poor. No one has never had success there in the PCA world. But look at God. God likes it when your back's up against the wall. God likes it when you have to trust in him and not lean on to your own strength. So Paul and them singing. So I wonder what God going to do. I know he's not done because he already told me I was going to see kings and preach the gospels of kings. That hasn't happened yet. So they said, well, might as well start worshiping. And we know the rest of the story. I end with this. This man who says he was about to kill himself. What if this is the same man, same Roman soldier who had beaten them with rocks? I love this. I felt the Holy Spirit said this to me. I said, well, who is this man? Could it have been the same man who beat them with rods? Now is bringing them into his home and washing their wounds. Whoa, that's the Jesus of the Bible. <laughs> Luke doesn't tell us. But I just have a sneaky imagination that this could have been the same man who beat them with rods, now he's about to kill himself, but he's saved by the grace of God. Now, in verse 34, he brings them into his household, and he washes their wounds. God gives us these opportunities, sicknesses and tribulations, so that he might show himself faithful to us in the midst of him. So, Father, we thank you. There's some trials and tribulations happening right now in the midst of us, church. There are people battling sickness, afflictions, trials. I pray, Lord, that you give these people an opportunity. You know what? I'm going to worship God. I'm going to sing the song that Bree was singing. I may not sound like Bree. That's not the issue. You don't need to sound like Bree. You need to say, God, I'm going to worship because thou art great. You are a great God. You are a great God. You're a great God. You can do anything but fail. You're the God who saved me. You're the God who called me. And so I'm not going to give up on you, God, because I lost my job. I'm not going to give up on you, God, because there's a few wins born, but I'm going to worship you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to lift my hands to you. And God, I'm going to do it in the morning. I'm going to do it in the midnight. I'm going to do it in the evening. I'm going to do it every time I get a chance to think about it. I'm going to worship you, Lord, and I'm going to trust you. So, Lord, I pray for those who are right now struggling to trust. Encourage them, Lord, to know that there are no accidents in this world. There are no sicknesses that take you by surprise. There are no pains and suffering and heartaches and, and troubles and agitations that comes in our lives, Lord, that is, that is a surprise to you. As Satan is trying to mock us and say, they're not going to worship God. They're going to stop coming to church now. They're going to get out of urban hope now because it's not all happy and dandy no more. I pray, Lord God, for those who are right now struggling in the midst of the storm. They're in that season. Grant them the power. Encourage them to live and lift their hands and to worship you and to know that all is well. Continue to fight the good fight of faith and to trust in you in all things. We thank you for it now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Well, Pastor Chad is not here, so I'm standing to your feet. I'm going to give the benediction. Um, I know that he normally says there's prayer to the right, to the left here. You know who you are if you're praying and you want prayer.
And you might be in that storm. He said, Pastor, I'm in that storm. You're preaching to me today. I'm in that storm. And I haven't been worshiping the Lord. I've been actually mad at him. And that's okay. I was mad at God for a while. Yeah, I was angry. You take my wife away, my kids, make me pay all this child support. I had all that, much more. But then after a while, I just, okay, I'm going to worship God. He hasn't abandoned me. And I'm going to trust him. And the rest is history. That may be you today. You say, Pastor, I need a little prayer. So for those who are going to be praying, just make your way up here. Make your way over here. Elders, deacons will pray for you. Pray your strength in the Lord. And pray you be encouraged today. Thank you for listening to the Urban Hope Podcast. For more information about Urban Hope Community Church, please visit our website, www.urbanhopecc.com.